Hang on. And they will enable us to align. Align all align the things. the tracks. Yeah. Because we need to align. We must wait for the great alignment. The great conjunction. Comes. Indeed. You dare try to control Ogre? Ogre, Ogre can barely control, control Ogre. Ogre. Put in a quote from the Richard, but it's it's all left bombs. I can't do it. This is oh, a family podcast. Yeah. I yeah, can't they... say his favorite, his favorite entire like half his dialogue. Half his dialogue is that left. word. Yes. Oh bless, but it but it's Henry Cavill though. I know. And you know, it's I don't know. It's the hair, or it's the, it's just the Henry Cavill basically, isn't it? Although Superman never did this to me. No. And I don't... Under- it's the dark hair. It's the dark the hair. The and- has white hair and hazel eyes. Yes, and slightly griminess. What? What? <laughs> I'm just... Superman's very clean cut. There's and- nothing I can say to that that will take me anywhere good. <laughs> there just isn't. Superman's just very clean and shiny, that's all I'm saying. Personal warrior. Yeah. Mm. Yes, personal warrior. He's like he's like a kind of a what do you what do you call? It? He's like um you know, he's like he's fresh out of the box. You've just you've just bought him from the shop. Mm-hmm. Got him home in the box. Like you open the box, take off the packaging and there he is, clean and shiny and 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 like vaguely plastic looking. Mm. You don't get that with Geralt. No. He he looks He's well used is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. I'm not. Okay, fine. I'm not going there. Okay, fine. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Okay, fine. I'm not. No, no, no. No, you must not go there. <laughs> you can edit all that out. It's fine. <laughs> Don't want to. You will. <sighs> I bet you will. When it comes to it, you'll go, no, no. We can't broadcast this. Yeah, we can. Can We, we usually do, to oh, be fair. God help us. <laughs> Me specifically. They might. Alright. They might not. Are we gonna do a frithcast or are we just gonna are we just gonna sit like like all being all dreamy over? Are we just gonna do a frithcast? Mm-hmm. I can't even speak. Did you start going dreamy again? I can't even speak. You did. You started going dreamy again. I'll try and think about Skeksis instead. No, don't go there. No, I'm not gonna go there. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, okay, fine. Don't think like that. Friends or girlfriend? No. Shall we do a frith cast? Let's do that. Okay, awesome. up there we have and i just caught it out the corner of my eye and now i'm going pan and 
tomorrow, pardon forever. That's really weird because I've got Joan Baez's Farewell Angelina and it's been playing in my head for two days and I'm really not sure how to get rid of it now. How did it arrive? I don't know. It just arrived in a little box and went, ta-da! Have this plague in your head for two days for an earworm. And I'm not sure whether listening to it, like a proper recording of it, will make it worse or better. But it's just been playing on a loop repeat for the last two days for me. Weird. Yeah. Oh, by the way, in case anybody's wondering, and we've left it, left that bit in uh, for any reason, um, the, the the reason we have it written on the wall is because I we did because um, with my Roman thing we did some we mimicked some graffiti mm. on our wall, which obviously is nowhere near here because we're in the clearing around the campfire. We are obviously yes, um, but it's totally not our <clears> kitchen table. But there's a bit of graffiti um, from uh, Pompeii. No, not that bit. Not that graffiti. This is different graffiti, and it's 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 a political uh, uh, little thing that somebody painted up, uh, saying, "Could you vote for this particular person for the office of ideal?" Mm. A A E D I L E, which is uh, which Minor is a, a fairly office. fairly low low yeah. low grade uh, sort of poli- uh, uh, local official. Um, vote for this person uh, for ideal. Uh, he makes good bread, and that was uh, uh, and that was that was that was his campaign. That was the, the crux of his campaign, was he makes good bread. Or at least that was what this particular person thought was his key attribute. Uh, and bread in Latin is panem, so sorry about that. No, actually, that kind of leads us on quite nicely to where we want to go in this episode. Does it? Yeah. Almost as if so, we planned it out. Lovely listeners. We hadn't planned it out. Welcome to episode 73 of Frithcast. Come on in. What? Cue, well, the mu- cue the music? Cue the music. Let's do the music now. Yeah. Didn't we do the music earlier? Probably. No, okay. no, because you've never said welcome to episode 73 of Frithcast, and that's normally where we never, put... never, ever said that in my life. It's a very unique... Well, there, you know, yeah, you have to take but... a weighted moment over this. All right, all yeah. right. But, but normally you'll say welcome to episode of Frithcast, and then we do the music. Oh, okay. So if we do the music now... Yeah. And totally don't talk over it? We could talk over it. We could. But, equally, we could let it play. Yeah. Because we don't overdo that. <laughs> okay, fine. We've only done it once. Once, but it was for a very good cause. Once in 73 episodes. It was for a very good cause. So with the music having now stopped, whether because we've talked over it or mm. because we've just edged this bit back and put it at the end of the music, mm-hmm. one or the other, the music's probably now stopped. So... Carry on. Thank you. Welcome to episode 73 of Frithcast. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Come on in. Warm your knees. Grab a bun. Welcome lovely new listeners. Welcome slightly more experienced listeners. Welcome, especially welcome to those who are joining us for the first time and those who have been with us since the first episode and those who've joined us somewhere in between. Basically, anybody who's listening to us. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was my thought. Okay, we better get on then. <laughs> I'm. Oh, I'm Martin. I'm, I'm, I'm a heathen. I'm, I also welcome everyone. The lady talking over me is Kate. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Manners. Go on, introduce yourself. Manners. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm Kate. I'm the one with no manners. <laughs> um, I'm a. I'm. I'm a sort of a. I don't know what I am. I always say druidy thing, coffee powered mostly. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, and I I I kind of live here, so I I I sort of join in 
Suzanne can't seem to get rid of me. <laughs> Don't want to. Spoiler alert. She doesn't want to, <clears throat> lovely listeners. <laughs> anyway, yes. So, welcome to episode 73 of Frithcast. And this one's going to be kind of a bit of a thinky episode. And we're going to throw some little questions and points to think about to you, our lovely listeners, all the way through this episode. Because this one, it might take a little bit of turning around in your brain and, until you figure out where things are for you. Sounds like we've got a topic. We have got a topic. And we can't tell you how to heathen. This is important. So I can we tell you how this. I heathen. And I can tell you how other people might heathen. But ultimately, it's your decision on how you practice your faith and how you evidence it, how other people see you in that faith. We will always say this, and I will say it particularly uh, emphatically, because, of course, I'm not a heathen. You are a much celebrated druidy thing. Well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a thing, certainly. Um, but obviously not, and thing obviously not being a heathen, I can, I, can have, I can have opinions, I can have views on sort of pagan faith in general, mm-hmm. heathenry as I see it, obviously with my experience living living with with your practice and and and, and so on yeah i have a, a bit of a you know a reasonable understanding i think um but you know take it as read that if i'm sort of saying i think a certain thing it's coming from the point of view of somebody who doesn't you know i don't i don't have any i'm not sort of saying you should do this because no neither of us are no. in fact so your point about civil officers civic officers mm. and making bread Good Actually, bread. good bread. I'm sorry, good bread. Panem bonem. Panem bonem. Fake it. Yeah, more or less, yes. He makes. He fakes good bread. <laughs> he makes good bread. Fake it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do find... Fake it deep, all. Deep satisfaction in that particular Latin verb. But there you go. They actually put it on the Pantheon, you know. They did. It's written over the over Marcus Agrippit fake it. Oh, feck it. Yes. <laughs> it actually kind of works. It goes back to the Witcher all over again, doesn't it? It is. Okay, so you're aside into civic officers and making bread does kind of tie into where I want to go. Okay. And I've been around the heathen community for quite a while online. Yeah. And in person. But one of the posts that I tend to see periodically getting posted it pops up all over the place Hmm. is a post that you've probably seen yourselves lovely listeners at some point you might even have posted it yourself you might even have posted it yourselves and that's all good and groovy and it's the one where there's a picture of an isolated single cabin Mm -hmm. often in woods or on a hilltop or somewhere else and the post goes if we gave you a substantial amount of money, but you had no internet, would you live here? Or the variation that goes, this is where I want to live. Yeah. This would be ideal for me. I mean... Et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, on a superficial reading, I'd agree. Mm-hmm. I'd, to, to live somewhere like that, I'd probably, I'd probably trade in the internet. I'd yeah. write in a... I mean, if I could still have... Could I still have a computer at all? I don't know. Would there be, would there be, you know, would I be able to set, is, is electricity a thing? Can I set up panels and stuff? And Yeah, you see, that kind of ties in with where I want to go with this. Those posts, they always set off a little bit of a chain of thought with me. Mm. And there's a, a thing 
called the Global Heathen Survey. happens every year. Okay. Some of you may have even put your answers into the Global Heathen Survey. Some of you may not know that the survey exists, but the results are online. You can go and find them. We'll put a link into the description like we usually do. Yeah. One of the things that it tends to come back with is that the majority of heathens that answer that questionnaire, of which there are several thousand, mm. the majority of them practice solo, okay. solitary. They're not affiliated to communities. They're not in any groups. They don't have any associations. They don't have a kindred. They don't talk to other heathens. And that kind of understanding that the majority of people who practice our faith are solitary solo solitary practitioners mm. kind of rings into that whole sort of isolated cabin in the woods because the majority of heathens are literally living that spiritually yeah i guess so and they are living a solo solitary existence mm. with no community support or nobody around them that can understand or they can talk to about their faith it's basically just different scenery it's different scenery mm. this got me thinking and this is about that connection between faith and lifestyle. Living in a solitary cabin in the woods is a lifestyle. Yes, It has true. nothing to do. You could be a Muslim and living in a solitary cabin in the woods, or a Christian, or an atheist, or a Jew. You well, could be anybody living in a solitary cabin in the woods. I mean, I, I certainly, I know Christianity, and I, I believe islam as well but I'm, i mean i'm open to correction but certainly christianity has a has a long tradition of hermitage it does you know they, the they isolation from community to become closer to god somebody will yeah will take their commitment <clears throat> to, to to prayer and devotion to such an extent that they literally cut themselves off from the yeah. world and you know just just spend their lives in on their own and also in in christianity there's a great there was a great push, especially in the 10th century, of taking the faith out of your own Christian community and going out into the wilds and out beyond the borders of known civilization and going into... North of the Wall. Taking the faith north of the Wall, mm. which is where you get the conversion of Scandinavia. It's yeah. where you get the conversion of Iceland and you get all of the sites in Iceland and some in Shetland and Orkney that are called Popper or Papa. Yes, there are islands in the Orkney archipelago, archipelago called Papua Westra, yeah. Yeah. So if you go to Iceland, you'll see there's a whole scattering of sites called Papa or Popper. Okay. Those settlement names or titles. And they're all to do with a monk or a group of monks going to that place and setting up a community and trying to influence the people. So again, they're kind of going beyond and out into other communities and so civilizations papa from papa from the pope and yeah wow okay they're deliberately isolating themselves from other christians to take their faith out yeah but the majority of heathens practice solo and we have no directive to proselytize we have no directive to take the faith to others who don't have it there isn't a gospel to preach there is no gospel to preach there is no good news to carry mm. there is no sharing no. it i've read the myth cycle there's no good news <laughs> sorry you are not i'm not really that was harsh <laughs> i feel personally attacked by this post and i do not like it <laughs> but there is no gospel to preach yeah there is no motivation that has been given to us by the gods to say go and bring other people into this faith yeah 
Christian faith does have that. Muslim faith has a different thing. And they say people will come to the faith if they want to come to it. Yeah. Which I kind of prefer, to be fair. Oh, I can so find... It's slightly better with me, I must say. Hostilitization can be taken to extremes. But what interests me is this connection and or split between lifestyle and faith. Okay. So your single solitary practitioner in a cabin in the woods, that's a lifestyle. Yeah. And if you are literally sat in a cabin in the woods, then you have to spend an awful lot of time getting food and doing repairs and making sure you have shelter, clean water and food. Well, yeah, I mean, depending on the, depending on the, the, the overall context of the land you're cabin is in yeah you know i mean yes it might be that you could we could now in the modern day go and live in a, a you know a, a a sort of what do they call them tiny houses or yeah. you know those, tiny those house or a lodge or like a, a converted container or whatever yeah. that people people are doing a lot these days you know we could go and live in something like that and we could still have it relatively easy if there's a tesco not far away other supermarkets are available um <laughs> <laughs> you know um and if we had electricity and we could, you know, there are there are ways of setting up things. Yeah. Uh, even even if you want to be self-contained, you can still provide a... You can be self-sufficient. Yeah. And you can grow your own food to a certain extent. And some heathens out there might be doing exactly that. Yeah. But for the majority, I think, they have to be part of a society and be able to contribute to that society in some way. Well, we do live in a society. We do. And that's kind of my thought is I see like these images of a solitary cabin in the woods held up as an ideal of heathenism. Yeah. This is where I want to go. I want to go back to these original kind of the conditions that my ancestors would have lived in. And I want to live that way to help me feel closer to that life, that faith, I guess. But... But For me, faith and lifestyle are different, and they're separate. They are, and if it's a case of, I mean, I'm, I'm, I may be playing sort of devil's advocate here a little bit, or what would it be for heathens? Druid's advocate. Jotun's advocate, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Druid's advocate. Um, whatever. I'll go with the devil. I don't mind. I'll, I'll borrow him. I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to say, if we go back into, so I was just thinking about the people that. I saw the gods fighting most often, that's all. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if I, if I sort of say, well, I understand a desire to try to live more simply. Yes. I absolutely understand that, and I would be very sympathetic with that. I've, I've often thought about, you know, especially, and, it's, and it will sound stupid, I know, but, and, and facile, but <clears throat> when I play computer games and stuff that are set in medieval settings or, or mm. pseudo-medieval settings like, you know, the Skyrim, Elder, Elder Skyrim the Elder Scrolls yeah. games, that sort of thing. And you can walk through a street and, you 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 know, there's the there's the blacksmith's forge there outside their house and, yeah. and, and, and part of me sort of, it does appeal, the this idea that you would have a profession, a craft, whatever it is that you do and you would live where you were, uh, live where you work work where you live, whichever, mm. and it would be simple and straightforward and everybody would know who you were and what you did and all that kind of thing. And there is a kind of an appeal to that. But There is. Is that just knowing your place in society? I, I would be conflicted about that because on the one hand, 
I would it would be straightforward. On the other hand, I believe that people should be able to move around in society if they want to. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it is kind of a delicate sort of balance. But what I'm what I'm sort of getting at is even then you would still be part of a society. Yes. And if if it's a case of going back to your ancestral roots, you would have to go back an awful long way mm. to get to the point at which, on the whole, people lived alone in isolated cabins in the woods. Yeah. Because humans have always been social animals. We work as a collective. We do. It's kind of more efficient to work as a collective. And I think... I mean, my my thoughts are... Where does that balance come between the faith that you have and the lifestyle that you hold? It might be that some of us, I mean, I've learned some yarn crafts because I feel that's a way I can integrate my faith into my lifestyle. Good yarn. Good yarn. Or you might, you know, want to take courses in blacksmithing, basket weaving, butchery, whatever it is. Mm. To help you feel more independent. Yeah. But is that to do with your faith? Can you be middle management and working in an office block and commuting on the tram every day? Can you have faith in the gods if you have that kind of work? Can you work in an oil rig Mm. and have that kind of faith? Is your job and the lifestyle that you create for yourself, whether that is... You know, having work, whether it's being self-sufficient with food, whether it's raising a family, which is a flipping hard job. Yeah. Whether it's doing those things, is that connected to your faith? Is the lifestyle that you hold, that you have crafted for yourself or that you're trying to improve for yourself? Maybe you're learning a different skill this year. Maybe you're learning a language. Maybe you're working on a qualification Maybe you're trying to push yourself and your knowledge, and if so, which direction are you pushing in? I mean, I would have thought your your faith could easily be incorporated into those things. Mm. But is it an essential part of manifesting that faith yeah. that you you do certain things, or you? I mean, because I mean, the, yeah. Again, forgive me if I'm I'm all wrong on this. I you know I I, yeah, I know yeah, what I know, go, but go I don't ahead. I don't claim to be you know be able to hold forth. But Asatru, to the best of my knowledge, has no scripture to speak of. No. You have the Havamal, which yes. I appreciate is, is, is an important sort of guide and probably the closest thing yeah. I would say you I have. Mean, the Havamal has a couple of verses that are appropriate. Yeah. It has a verse that tells you to get your preparations in for winter. Yeah. You know it's going to happen. Get yourself prepared for it. Yeah. Get yourself sorted out. Get your woodpile done before the winter comes because you're going to need it. Yeah. Be prepared for things that are going to happen. Which is, which is teaching practicality. Yes. And is teaching, and this is sort of what I mean. It's like um, your, whereas with Christianity, the the, the mythology of the God, yes. I was going to say the gods, of God. Yes. Um, is integrated into the teachings. Yes. You know, Jesus went. Uh, did, did, did his sermon on the mountain he taught the rules on how 
to treat people. He, he be excellent to each be other. Be excellent to each other. But in more words. Exactly. And he didn't do the air guitar thing because obviously it would have to have been an air liar or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, at the risk of becoming slightly too blasphemous. Let's not moving, go there. moving on. Move on. The, the, the mythology, if, you can, if, I, if I may call it that, is, is sort of wrapped up in the story of the ministry of Jesus and the, the teachings all become part of that, certainly in the New Testament. I mean, obviously we've got the Old Testament rules and regulations and things as well, but mm. how applicable they are is obviously a debate that is out of our scope. Just a little um, bit, yeah. Whereas with Asatru, we have the mythology of the gods. And again, I use the word mythology advisedly. I'm not... I, I, a lot of people have this belief that, that something is if something is myth it is lie that's not my view mm. a myth is a uh, is, is is more complicated far more complicated than that and a, a myth might not necessarily be true but it can contain the truth it can contain the truth but not a literal truth exactly that sort yeah. of thing parables whatever you, you want can to call read it. it in different ways yeah so <clears throat> you have with asatra you have the mythology in the myth cycle very handy name that um, but that is not primarily there to teach us directly. It doesn't no. give you rules. It might give you examples. Yes. But then it's up to you to interpret as an individual what you see in those examples. Yes. <clears throat> you might see, um, you know, somebody might look at, thought I'm going to, hopefully we'll be okay. I don't hear any thunder or anything at the moment. But no. Um, somebody might look at those stories and see Thor behaving slightly childishly or uh, pet, you know, being petty or malicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I remember us laughing uh, uh, when we were telling the story of, um, was it the journey to Utgard? Mm-hmm. And um, they find the, the oh, giant, he gets hungry, And he gets hangry and he starts beating on this guy. Yeah. Because he can't get food. And yes. So you sort yeah. of look at that and you think, well, that's not an appropriate way to behave. No, it's not. But on the other hand, that... You know, within a within a certain context, that was probably teaching us something, showing us you know an 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 example of something. But it's lost to me, it's lost on me. But on the other hand, I will also look at other examples where 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 Thor represents the 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 ideals, courage, nobility, mercy, that mm. kind of thing. So you will see in these myth myths what you individually take from them. Whereas with the regulation part, Jesus on the Mount saying, "Do this." Yeah, do prescribed. this, do this, do this. Yep. Don't do that. Prescribed tenets of faith in Christianity are very much distinct order and rules. Yes. With things like the Havamal and the myth cycle, it's very much more open to individual interpretation. Yeah. But I think one of the things, we go back to the Havamal. The Havamal, the first section of the Havamal is all about guest right. Mm. How to host people in your home and how to be seen as a good host. Yeah. How to be a good guest. How to be a good friend. Yeah. How to be, you know, exchange gifts with your friends. Even though the path to your mate's house may be a long way away, it's going to be short because they're your mate. But is the Havamal an essential part of a Satru? Is the Havamal the rules as given to us by the gods? Yeah, you see, there's a really big question. Lovely listeners, we're going to throw that one to you because fun. (laughs) It's much more fun to let you kind of think things over for yourselves in these respects. The understanding of Asatru for me is not the solitary practitioner in a cabin in the woods on their own for 
20 miles of trees and bears in no directions. It's, it's being part of a community. Mm. The Havamal tells us about being a guest and being a good host and being guest right. And those relationships between people are the first thing that it talks about. Yeah. For me, my lifestyle is to be part of a community, either online or in person. I'm part of dozens. I'm part of my community at work with my work colleagues. I'm part of a community in my neighbourhood with my literal neighbours. Mm. I'm part of a community of library users. I'm part of a community of learners on the courses that I do. Yeah. I'm part of communities of friends of communities of pagans of communities of other heathens mm. and this is i suppose we should we should take a moment to, to to sort of point out that this is not intended to say that if you are solitary you're doing it wrong no what we are sort of getting at i think is that your community is the people you have around you yes whether they are heathen or not or whether they are druid or not or whatever they they might be there are ways for you to manifest your faith in your life and the way you deal with your community. Yeah, so lovely listeners, have a think about your own lives and the way that your faith manifests in that life. Is it that you go to regular rituals? Is it that you talk to other heathens online? Is it that you spend time in prayer and reflection? Is it that you just put your hammer on and go about living the best life that you can live? All of these are valid. Mm. None of them are any better or worse than any other. They're all different ways of connecting to the faith. So what ways does your faith manifest in your lifestyle? Does your faith manifest at all in your lifestyle? Is your faith separate to the way that you live your life and express your life? What kind of things do you do in your lifestyle that help you feel closer to your faith but may not be part of your direct faith practice mm. do you aspire to learn skills or languages that are not necessarily ones that you have direct use for in community today do you express your faith through craft through painting through metalwork through creating through stitching through baking mm. do you express it through writing prayers or poems or songs do you write music do you seek out heathen music in preference to other music or is that only at certain times mm. do you play music when you pray do you play music when you have ritual is that a necessary part of your faith expression or is it just something that you're happier doing because you feel it resonates more when you do and devil's advocate again go on if you don't do any of these things are you any less a heathen yeah does it say somewhere, to be a heathen you must? Yes, or does it not? And it's up to your own individual expression mm. of how you express. This, the balance between lifestyle and faith means that I could be a top-level manager in an office block and still greet the spirits of the city when I go into the city in the morning. Mm. You know, when I'm sat in the traffic jam, I could be repeating mantra to the land spirits I can see all around me. I could be taking my truck and going travelling 20 miles to my next workplace. Mm. I could be stacking boxes in a warehouse. I could be doing the school run. Yeah. 
and then cleaning the house with the radio on, does that make me any less a heathen than the heathen that lives solitary in a cabin in the woods? If I have a, a god amongst the gods, mm. it would probably be Diana. Yes. Who the Greeks knew as Artemis. There's debate about exactly mm. how, to what extent they're the same deity or different, but broadly I tend to associate the two. Diana has certain qualities, particularly as Artemis has certain qualities of um, independence. Mm. She's very much a wild person. She is beholden to no one. Yes. She's unmarried. She lives out in the woods and hunts and does all the, all the, the, the wild independent things. Do I, as a inverted commas follower of Diana, have to manifest all those same things? Mm. Or do I merely have to be mindful of the characteristics that she embodies and value them in my life in the way that they are applicable to me? I yeah. choose not to be unmarried because, you know, that's, that's the decision that, that for, for my part I made and yes. you know, obviously for your part you made. Yeah, is that, is that betraying Diana somehow, Artemis somehow, by, by giving up some of my independence? I, I personally don't feel that it is because, as I say, for me, that characteristic of her is something that I can draw on in my life when and in the ways that I need it. The same as I would, I don't have any particular regard for, for war. I'm not fond of war. And yet I would still give due respect to Mars because sometimes there are characteristics associated with war that I could use. Mm. Courage, mercy, as we've talked about already. Diplomacy. Diplomacy. <clears throat> At the end of every war there is peace. Shaky sometimes, but yes. Sometimes, but <laughs> that is, you know, the, the ultimate aim mm. in the end is to stop it all. So, you know, these are the, there are things, even, for, even for, for gods that represent things that I do not gel with, I can still look to those certain characteristics and try to use them or draw on them when needed. And I would wonder if the same would be applicable for mm. the Norse gods. So lovely listeners. We're going to throw you a challenge. Have a think about how your faith impacts your lifestyle or how your lifestyle impacts your faith. What is the relationship between those two for you individually as a heathen? You can be heathen in a million different ways. What are your ways? How does your faith manifest in your lifestyle? How does your lifestyle affect how you practice your faith? We're going to kind of leave you contemplating these these wonderful things and how exactly fluff gets into your belly button. Ew! Because it does and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where that came from. I don't know either. <laughs> Lovely listeners. You were, you were thinking about navel-gazing, weren't you? I was totally not thinking about navel-gazing. Can I go back to thinking about Geralt now? You can. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Lovely listeners, I'm going to navel-gaze. Kate's going to think about Geralt. We're going to talk to you all next time. If you would like to find us online, you can find me online on Facebook. I'm Suzanne Martin on there. Or you can find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. And if you want to find me, I am currently on Facebook as Kate Coldwind. Um, my uh, shabby website is <laughs> glassrain.net. Uh, by all means, drop me a line through Suzanne if need be. And Yeah, we are always happy to talk shop. We are always 
happy to say hi, throw us a friend request, all of that good stuff. Indeed. We will talk to you all next time for episode 74. 74. See you then. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you.